Welcome to Radio Rehab. If this is your first time listening, we are a recovery podcast. I'm Dana, a recovering addict and alcoholic, and I speak with other recovering addicts and alcoholics in order to carry the message and to show you that you're not alone. This is part three of a three-part episode with my friend Sarah. If you haven't heard the first two episodes, go back, because like I said, this is the third part. You don't want to start watching a movie at the end. No. You want to go hear the first two parts. Okay. Today we talk about relapse and sponsorship and what it takes to come back from a relapse and what the exact steps are that you have to take. We also discuss ADHD and schizophrenia in recovery. Have a listen. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. I'm a relapser too. Like that's the one thing I feel like I have to offer people is you know, is like to hold on to your seat and go through what you're going through, no matter how hard it is, because coming back is fucking hard. Yep. And I, especially this time, like you're absolutely right. Like the second time was harder than the first time, but this time was harder than yep. the second time. And I saw like the window of like time where I had both the desperation and the willingness to do the work, like getting smaller and smaller. And like, if you let it pass, like it might never come back. Yep. So I, I did that. Like it sucked. And I felt like I wasn't getting any relief for like six months, probably. Like I was doing a ton of stuff. Like I was, you know, had a sponsor. I was doing group level commitments. I was doing nothing but a really, like I didn't do a whole lot of other things. Mm Mm-hmm. And I still felt like complete shit all the time. I really don't think I got any relief till around, you know, six months. Mm -hmm. It's been a game changer. It's so much more rewarding than what I was doing before, which was really just for myself only, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's, it's a journey of discovery for sure. Like I, right now I have a sponsee who has schizophrenia and I discovered in this, round of sobriety that I have ADHD mm. and so oh you didn't know that was, way back I mean I had an inkling but I was just I, especially in like my first five years of sobriety I was just like feeding it with all this traveling like do, you know right oh stuff. okay it's really just been this round that I've been like you know because also like when you're you know, addicted to drugs and alcohol and you're like using substances and drinking all the time, you can't really see anything that's behind that. Yeah. Like that, it's so big that it masks any other issue that you might have. Yeah. So you really need to have some time in between you and the substances. So it was like a, like a year and a year and a half into sobriety this time. And I was like, you know, it's been a little while. It can't be that, but there's definitely still something happening. There's still something going on. And I think that it's also gotten a little bit worse as I've gotten older. Mm. It's, it's, it's either or possibly both of like not using substances because it's a low dopamine disorder. Mm-hmm. And so maybe not having the dopamine supplements in the form of drugs and alcohol, maybe that it's gotten a little worse because of that. Maybe it's gotten a little bit worse because I've gotten older, but because of that, I've realized that I actually have it and been able to like be treated for it, you know, whereas like my brother, he's like, he was like the poster child, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was so obvious that he had it. He didn't even need a diagnosis. Like we all knew. Right. Mine just didn't look like his, like it was a little bit different. And so 
it's taken me this long to really figure it out. But now that I figured it out, I'm like, oh my God. So many things make sense now, you know? Yeah. 50 years in five years, like totally. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so it's been interesting with this Muncie of mine, like sort of like unpacking these boxes together and like seeing what's in there. You know, cause there's a lot of things um, that kind of get in your way of like what you want to do in life when you have this kind of stuff going on. You mean when you have ADHD? It's, when you have ADHD, I mean, she has schizophrenia. Like I, right. You know, what, I, what I have doesn't even compare to what she has. Right. You know, um, it's really interesting to go through it with her. And I, I've kind of, I've gone to her schizophrenia groups with her. Like I've watched some like schizophrenia simulators because I saw a lot of things come up in her inventory, like low self-esteem, a lot of that. And I realized when I watched this schizophrenia simulator that it's like the voices you hear are telling you nasty stuff about you like all day long, like all the time. And, Wow, you know, I realized like maybe that has something to do with why she has such a low self esteem. You know, if right, you know, these voices are telling you you're a piece of shit all the time. Like you might start to believe it, yeah, especially coming from your own head, right? Yeah, and so it's been really interesting to sort of get to know her that way and like get to know her a little bit better and you know, kind of researching mine and researching she's researching hers and at the same time like we're both getting to know ourselves a little better because it's really easy to fall into like a never-ending spiral of remorse and self-pity all these things that you know have consequences for you um but it doesn't do anything good you know like it just it just doesn't do anything good and so I think in order to find compassion for yourself you need to know yourself one thing I do want to ask is about, like, do they have special 12-step groups for people who also have outside issues that you know of? You know, like, are there 12-step meetings for people who have schizophrenia? Uh, well, the one that I went to with her, uh, it's not a 12-step meeting. Right. It's just for, but it's basically, like, the same thing. Like, they go um, and talk about, like, the issues that they have that are specific to schizophrenia. And it was really interesting. Um, I was also a psychology major. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm super interested in all of this stuff. And so it was interesting to go with her and to hear people talk about, like, you know, the hearing voices and, like, you know, the things that they go through. Um, it was really interesting to me. And um, one of the people in the group said, you know, he's been married for 30 years, which is pretty uncommon for somebody with schizophrenia but he's had this successful relationship and he said that he goes to the groups and he leads one of the groups because he you know even though he's been so long in this marriage like she will never understand what it's like to have schizophrenia right and it's good for him to give back and show people that you can have you know you can have a life while still having yeah, schizophrenia totally a great act of service and like sometimes you just need to be with your people like yeah I started going to ADHD groups and you know I was going to meetings for the longest time and then when I discovered I had ADHD I for for a while after that was like "Ah, I really wish there was like a group I could go to where I could just talk about this stuff specifically right and there was the whole time I just didn't know about it yeah so when I found out 
that I started going and it was like a really great group. Like that's one of the things I miss most about San Francisco. They had a really good one. And when I moved to DC, they didn't have one. So I'm actually starting one. Oh, that's um, so cool. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. And so it's not, it's not a 12 step group. It's basically just the same thing, but the people are not necessarily in recovery. I think in my meeting, a lot of them will be just because those are going to be the people that know about it in the beginning. Right. But there's also people from my other ADHD group that are going to come to it. And it's basically just a really similar thing, except you just talk about those issues specifically. Yeah. Um, And it's good to just be with your people. And what a good way to give back. Like that's just so rewarding and that's so cool. And it's helping people. And that's awesome. It's like, you know, some of us make it through this and we have these these stories that are like this that are just so intense that people are like, oh, my God, that's crazy. And it's like we make it through it. You have so much to offer other people. Like and that that's how you're uniquely qualified to help other people, I think. Yeah. And it's been really cool walking through this, you know, with this Monsi, because what I'm trying to get her to see is like the the because of her low self-esteem and, and some of the things that she's been through, she is, she just started sponsoring, but we're at two years we've been working together and it was really difficult for her because she, she felt like she didn't have anything to offer, you know? And um, what I'm trying to get her to see is that the crux of AA is like, you take the worst shit that you've been through and you turn it into something useful. And so all of the, you know, the fact that she has schizophrenia and she's still sober after two years, and the fact that she's also been through like all these massive traumas and everything, the fact that she's gotten through that, that is what she has to offer. You know, I know that there's people that come into AA and like, they're looking for somebody with their story and there's people with gnarly stories that can't find somebody that they think they relate to because their story is so intense and is so bad. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to tell her like those people are perfect for you. Like, there is not a single person that's going to come into a and be like, no, you can't help me. Your story's not bad enough. Yeah. I mean, she can help anybody. Exactly. High, bo- high bottom and low bottom. Yeah. So that's yeah. making her uniquely qualified now. Yeah. Through your help. And we're both kind of in the phase where we're identifying because, you know, mine's sort of recently discovered, recently diagnosed and like hers has been diagnosed for quite a while, but she's kind of just, put it aside like she wasn't really in a place where she was identifying as somebody with this thing and she was just kind of um existing separately from it as much as possible Mm. you know it didn't exist basically which is really difficult to do so we're both in the stage of like accepting that I have this thing and then what am I going to do about it how can I be okay in this mind in this body right and that's probably a huge yeah. thing is the acceptance piece and, and, and just remembering that because you have to be okay with everything that happens and it's all about your attitude. So you and it's harder for people who have, you know, outside issues like I have depression, you know, it's a little bit harder because we have to make sure that's taken care of in order for the other thing to be taken care of, you know, in order to be an acceptance. Exactly. But it's so important yeah. to do both. And, uh, you can't do just one. Yeah. No, it's true. And. All of those things, all, all those things that you struggle with, especially mental health, like it can totally get in your way of making any progress in the program. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, progress might be slower, but it's more work for you. Right. Like it means more for you. 
Exactly. Yeah, my, my friend, um, I have a friend who's in sobriety, and she's also a life coach, and she said something like, you know, you can stop doing all the stuff that you need to do for yourself, which is take my meds, exercise, uh, work with my sponsor, go to meetings. But if I do, my progress is going to be slower. You know, yeah. if I do, I might not recover as fast. So it's like, yeah, you have to constantly work at all of them to stay well, but it's so worth it. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's it's kind of like the difference of, you know, I used to think I had an option, like I can do it or not do it. And mm-hmm. now I, for my experience, I realized like the, the option really is like, do I want to have a life or not? That's really what it comes down to. Right. Mm. Yeah. Because I didn't, you know, even my first five years sober, like I had all this stuff and I had school and I like did all this traveling and that was all great, but I didn't really have a life. Like that's one of the reasons I'm glad that I'm solid in recovery this time. Cause I've done all of the hard stuff this time. Like I didn't do any of that stuff last time. I didn't like hold a job. I didn't like really try and sustain my relationships. Like all of that daily grind stuff is what I'm doing this time. And so it's a lot harder. Right. Yeah, it totally is. But like, it's so worth it. It's worth it. It's like, even like in the, like when I'm looking at the traditions, it's like I had never done it to where I was fully self-supporting, you know, and it's like I'm trying to be that now, like not yeah. get help from anywhere. And but it makes such a difference in like your self-esteem and the way you carry yourself in the world and how you help other people. Totally. I used to, I used to say uh, in my first five years of sobriety, I set my life up like an amusement park, basically. You did. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. It was like, of course I stayed sober. Like, everything was beautiful. Right. Know, until... I know that it's so amazing. Because, like, whatever my ailments or issues are, I never would have been able to make that happen. You know? Like, I look at that, I'm like, how? How that requires so much thought and effort. How did you do that? You know? <laughs> like, I, I almost wish I just had a little piece of that. so that I can I can accomplish things (laughs) it drives me nuts too though believe me yeah yeah I mean yeah there's a downside to everything but like thank thankfully we have the program and you know thankfully thankfully we have people like you adding to the program and starting your own group that's specific because that's so important yeah you know it's really important it's great and that's gonna help you and it's gonna help so many people so I'm really glad you know that after you moved away from San Francisco um, that, that you're doing that. Yeah. Starting and something I know, new. And, and it's pretty cool. I can find people in the fellowship, um, that want to go to that meeting because there are so many people. I, I was one of them. There are so many people that are struggling with substance abuse or, you know, they're getting sober or they've been sober for years and are still struggling with their ADHD that don't know about that thing. Yeah. Like right before I left San Francisco, I was speaking at, a meeting and it was on the same day as my ADHD group. And I'm, I was really serious about both of those commitments. Right. And so I did the speaking thing, but right after I spoke, I was like, Hey, we were circling up and the meeting was over, but I was like, Hey, just so you know, cause you know, I was the speaker. I thought maybe somebody wanted to talk to me after the meeting and it was going to be kind of rude, but I was running out of there. So I got announced before the prayer. I was like, Hey, just everybody. So, you know, I am going to have to run out of here. Like I have my ADHD group and somebody heard me say that. And was like, Oh my God, what do you mean? What is this oh, ADHD group? Right. Now he's going to it. And so I realized like, Oh, there's so many people that just don't know about it. Yeah. 
That's yeah. really cool that you're carrying the message, and I'm sure we'll get lots of emails from this episode, people wanting to know where it is. So you'll have to text me that so we can put it up on the on the website and put it up, um, you know, when we release the episode, we're going to tell people where they can find that specific ADHD meeting in D.C., which is where you are. And um, and then I'll, I'll put some links to where they can find some in the Bay Area. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Sarah. It was great. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. It's awesome. It's good to see your face. Me too. I'd really like to thank Sarah for being on the show and being so forthcoming and awesome and describing her struggles with ADHD and, and what she does to stay sober and how she lives. And she will also be adding a link to a website that has ADHD meetings that I will be sharing on our Facebook page if you're looking for Radio Rehab on Facebook. It's Radio Rehab with Dana Keys on Facebook, so you can like us there and, and get all of our updates as we post them. If you would like to contact us, it's Radio Rehab at GoToProductions.com. That's G-O-T-O Productions.com. You can call or text 415-496-9511, even when we're not in studio. And on all the socials, it's at Radio Rehab Dana. Thank you for listening. Keep coming back.